Season seven was the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race I saw while it was airing on television, and I was obsessed with Katya. I'm Julie, and that's a part of my story. My first season of RuPaul's Drag Race was season three that I watched live. Well, technically not live. It was on, uh, you know, the internet of where I could find it illegally, but it was the next day, so I counted as live. <laughs> I'm Maria, and that's a part of my story. <laughs> and this is Sparks of Madness. Sparks of Madness is a storytelling podcast that illuminates the beauty of our experiences while capturing those sparks that ignite what it means to be human. So season three was your first season. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your favorite was? Alexis Mateo. <laughs> Bam. Bam. I don't know. I, I loved Alexis Mateo and I was fully rooting for her in season three. She was but, my favorite too. But I also really liked that Raja one. So I was like, okay with that. Um, so yeah. I was mostly okay with Raja winning because I remembered Raja from America's Next Top Model. And I was always, season three was actually the last season I ever watched. Like when I kind of, because I got started season seven, as I mentioned. And like, so I had to go back and watch those seasons. And season three was the last one I got to. But I was like, oh, I was really interested in Raja because I knew Raja from America's Next Top Model, which I was also obsessed. I'm obsessed with. Um, I was obsessed with that show. And then I just stopped watching Next Top Model. And then now the resurgence of Next Top Model of just how problematic it was. was like, <laughs> we said yes and to a lot of things on that show. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, Tyra, by all accounts, probably should have been, you know, quote unquote, canceled many times if she had mm-hmm. tried to pull some of these things that she did on America's Next Top Model or even on her talk show. If she were to do them now. Yes. Um, they would not fly. But it was just wild. I remember on her Tyra's talk show when she was like, I weigh 180 pounds and I'm fat. But this is what real fat people. I was like, girl, I weigh more than that. What do you do? Like, like to me, I was like 180 pounds. Oh, you're skinny. (laughs) You know, and it's about I don't know if it's like distribution or maybe it's muscle versus fat. Like, I don't know. But it was just like one of those things where like as someone who's plus size, like it is no longer appropriate to wear a fat suit ever. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not it's not a joke it's not a tool it's not it's just not I don't I don't think that there's a place for that to be a thing anymore yeah and I'm re- and so I've gone to this thing in this I think it's because of just the last two years but I'm re-watching shows that I watched or stop watching and then continuing on to watch so like Grey's Anatomy is the first one for example mm-hmm. where I stopped when spoiler alert of a 20 year old show Derek dies <laughs> That's when I stopped watching the first time too. <laughs> because it's like, no, Shonda, you literally put us through all this shit. We're no longer involved, right? But then I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And I got through it. But there's some stuff doesn't like um, age well. And that's what I've noticed with a lot of these shows. Uh, like uh, one of the shows that we watched was Gossip Girl. I'm like, ooh, a lot of this doesn't age well. And 
uh, now I, it's as problematic as it is in watching Big Bang Theory. And I stopped watching it. Then I know I see the face. I started <laughs> watching at season six. And so now I'm at season seven. And I was like, man, these jokes didn't. And like this, this was like 10 years ago. I'm like these shows did not age. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I have, I have a hard time watching a sitcom that has like a laugh track. I find it really um, distracting. And yeah. I don't really like it when a show is telling me what's funny, um, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so I like, I think at one point I like, I, my parents love Big Bang Theory. I mean, obviously it's a huge hit cause it does have an audience, but um, I remember watching it being like, what, what is this? And why are like, why is this happening um, in this show? Why are they talking about this person in this kind of way? It's so funny though, because the stuff that they got made fun of our nerd culture is like main pop culture now. Like they make references to like Star Wars or like Marvel characters. And you're like, oh, and like these people, (laughs) these are not nerds. These are just like culture people. Like you couldn't do that show now. And I think like, so I looked it up. So I was like, okay, 12 seasons is a long time. Why did it end? And Jim Parsons, uh, who plays Sheldon, he's like, I am not getting paid $50 million to do this character anymore. And I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. You know. Mm-hmm. It just well, got because he's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to. And it's like, I guess after a certain point of a million, like, where do you stop? <laughs> I, I really appreciate, like, I know Ted Lasso, I mean, Ted Lasso is not a, at least in my opinion, it's not a problematic show. Mm-hmm. But like what I like about it is I know that right now they're filming the third season and the writers have been like, this is it. Um, and what I like about that is that you get then the show to go out on a high note instead of yeah. waiting for it, it to start losing ratings and audiences, which will ultimately mean that like the quality of the content is also decreasing. Mm-hmm. So like I much rather watch a show and have it just be good or at least like build up to be good and then be done like even like i don't know if you watch friday night lights but that's only five seasons every season is i mean the first season and the last season in my opinion are pretty much just as good like the first season is like this was my pandemic show so like the first season is like solid by itself but the last season like still super powerful Mm -hmm. um and so for me it was like i much rather not a show just go on because it can but I think that's the new trend now of like three to five seasons because like you can only tell a story for so much like I think of like some of my favorite shows I'm like yeah you could have ended it at season five because you get like how much can you really tell this story the same thing over and over again because like (laughs) the goal the goal of of a sitcom is the main character has a want that never gets met and eventually you can only run out of so many ways of this character's want not getting met and I always use the example because I'm a, a nerd of, of comedy and a nerd of improv teaching. I'll be like, when did the office start sucking? Oh, because Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, wanted to be liked. And the minute he got liked and then he left, the show sucked. Because like, well, what are we trying to do here? Like, nobody's watching for ho- office hijinks, you know? So, well, even like some people have argued that like when Jim and Pam got together, that's when the show started getting bad. I mean, sure. But I think it's. The, it truly, truly got atrocious when Michael left. You're like, okay, you you tore up Andy's character. You did. All, it was just so weird. And it was a good finale, though. So, yeah. I didn't finish The Office. 
Well, the finale is great. I mean, if you just skip to the finale and you got it. (laughs) You know, know, um, I love a good show and I love someone who knows how to control a good show. There we go. Here it is. And, uh, you know, I think our guest has slowly but surely really honed their skills in in controlling and cultivating a wonderful audience. Great community. Great community. Um, And it's just like super talented and like not only just super talented, but like has their finger on the pulse of like who who needs to kind of have their moment and like who needs to have their voice heard Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's really uh lovely and um easy yeah high praise clearly (laughs) so uh here is our guest this week dairy queen i was a very uh confused comedian in chicago i moved to chicago in 2016 because i wanted to do comedy um and i was just like a nervous wreck i when I told myself I would never really get on stage by myself. I would be like that comedian who would only do improv or sketch with friends, but like stand up was like the scariest thing in the world to me. Like being alone on stage was like murder. Like I was, I just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. No, thank you. I'm not interested. So um, I went through a pretty bad breakup. It was a long distance relationship, pretty bad breakup. Um, in 2018, I think, 2018, 2019, I don't remember, um, with this guy I was dating in college, and uh, this wasn't working out, the distance was really hard, he was on the East Coast, I was in Chicago, and at the time, I was really into drag, like, I was, I really was inspired by it, I was watching a lot of drag race, I was going to a lot of local shows, um, at like Berlin, at the time, sidetrack, and um, not really a fan of it now, but whatever. Um, and I was like, you know, what can I do to get through this breakup? And I was a regular at a theater that's not around anymore, but it's called the crowd. And I worked there and I was a producer there for a couple of shows. And I was the improv coach there, all this stuff. And I really wanted to do like a, have my own show there. And the, the owners came to me who I was really good friends with and said, do you want to do a show here? And I said, sure, I would love to do a show here. And I was like, oh, shit, what should the show be? So I was like, you know, I booked the show, I think it was March 24th. And I think I booked it like the end of January, February, March. Yeah, February. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a month to learn everything about drag and become a drag queen. I've never done makeup before. <laughs> I've never, I've never done, I, I did drag twice in college because my improv team did like a drag competition, but like, it was like bare bones drag. It wasn't even blocking out my eyebrows. It was like a hint of like Hillary Clinton lipstick, like very thin lips and like a little bit of blush and like going out there and doing whatever. And so I, I always loved to do it. I was like, oh, this is so much fun. So I gave myself a month to learn everything about drag. And so I used my tax refund money to buy a bunch of makeup, uh, all very, very cheap makeup. Uh, I watched a ton of YouTube tutorials and like picked like two songs I was going to do. And I like booked a cast of like comedians because the show was a variety show of all queer people. Um, And it was like 
slowly the day was coming of the shows like getting closer and closer and I still was like practicing my makeup like three or four times a week and looking just like insane like looking like my eyebrows were so like I tried to block down my eyebrows and like my drag eyebrows were so thick it literally like looked like a like road like like a road going across my head and like my friends would like look at the pictures and like I tried to do like brown eyeshadow and they'd be like why do you have two sets of eyebrows? Like, because the eyeshadow looked so oh. thick. It was so bad. I looked terrible. And I just had no idea what I was doing. And I was very, like, I was, like, you know, I think it's really sexy to do, like, a black, thin lip every time. And so that was, like, my trademark, quote-unquote. Uh, terrible. Terrible decision. Not cute. Terrible. Um, and so the day of the show comes, and... They're all like these like drag rules kind of that like when you actually become a drag performer aren't real like always wearing nails and like wearing like big heels and like all this stuff things that I like don't even do now. Um, And so like I get to the theater I have my bag packed and uh, I, I planned this number at the end of the show where I did like three quick changes off stage don't know why I planned to do that. I was like, I'm just going to have like a long, like blonde wig. And then I'm going to do all these changes. And so I get to the theater. I set up all my shit. People are coming. It was like a, a lot of people bought tickets. Like it was pretty well attended. And so um, I was very excited about that. And like, I was like trying to get all the tech done and it had these long ass nails on and I couldn't type on the computer. I was like, I've never worn nails before. I was just like, doof, 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 doof. like I, it's like Dolly Parton nine to five, but like terrible sound, like thing, 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 terrible, 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 terrible. And uh, I just couldn't get anything done. I couldn't open my bag. I couldn't do my, my lashes because I was wearing these nails. And so it was just like a nightmare, but we got it done. We got it done. We got everything together. Uh, and we did the show and it was very, very fun. Uh, everyone killed. Um, it was at a theater that I was very comfortable at. So I wasn't like a fish out of water, you know, which was nice. Uh, the quick changes went terrible. If that's an okay word to even say about it, because it probably was even worse. Um, and, but everybody had a good time. It was fine. For my first time in drag by myself, I'm still very proud of it. Um, and the growth that come from that moment is truly insane mm-hmm. um but uh it definitely was like a night I'll never forget and like it turned into this monthly show and like I booked a bunch of people for it and my drag got better throughout the months and then it went from the crowd to the hideout and then pandemic happened but like in between there I did a bunch of other drag shows and became like a name of the city and it was just crazy it was crazy it still is crazy it's so hard to believe um but like thinking back on it, it's just like, from where that like crusty ass makeup started and like a wig that needed to be brushed to now is wild. It's just wild. So (laughs) yeah, it's definitely like a memory of like walking out on stage and like seeing all my friends over them, people that like weren't my friends. Like people were just like interested in the show and it going from being like, 50 people at the show to 60 people at the show to standing room only to like, okay, we need to find a new spot. And like the hideout being interested and like all this stuff um, was very, very cool. Um, And like giving like 
queer performers like a safe space to like get paid to do their art because that was not a thing in the comedy world Mm -hmm. still isn't a thing in the comedy world very rarely um and to like do like art in a true variety sense like we had drag more drag we had singing we had improv we had sketch we had stand-up we had it all um and i'm very proud of it very very proud of it so yeah yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your that. origin story. The origin, yeah, the X-Men origin story. <laughs> How are you feeling? I feel good. It's crazy to think back about it. It's like, it's been such a journey. Like, I've been through so many waves with my drag, you know, with like just starting and then like break, like in the comedy scene and then going into the drag scene and then like doing these competitions and becoming known for that. And then like the pandemic and like becoming like, popular online on TikTok and then like coming out of the pandemic and like people knowing who I am and like hosting my own shows and producing my own shows and like being like the comedy queen of Chicago, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. wild. It's very wild to think back to that time. It's crazy. That yeah, I remember seeing your show at the hideout and I I was like, because a couple of my friends were in the show. And so I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so like I had never seen you. And I was like, this this is really cool. Like, it's yeah. It's very see- wild. It's very wild. Like, <laughs> just like the growth from like even like the like, oh, I'll never be on stage by myself. Like, I can't do that. To now I'm like mm-hmm. constantly on stage by myself. Like I'm like holding rooms hostage with like <laughs> viewing parties and like things and like uh like this like talking bullshit on a mic for an hour and a half. Like it's like my safe space now. Like, I love it. And that's what I'm known for. Like, I'm known for being a host and like mm-hmm. being someone on a mic, which is just something that I never thought I would do. And like doing stand up and drag and like opening for like big names and drag, like all this stuff is just crazy. So that's wild. Uh, yeah, I think I actually remember, I remember you back at the crowd because I, I, I won't say I was a regular, but I definitely, uh, I remember when it first opened and I, I know the, the founders and all that. Um, but I remember seeing you in Hillary Clinton drag. Hillary was, Clinton drag. Yes, absolutely. And that I, that's when I fell in love with Dairy Queen. <laughs> that was why I did Hillary Clinton drag, uh, as like a response to Trump, but still kind of like as like a fuck you Hillary kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, I borrowed an outfit from our good friend, Sarah Porter. Uh, <laughs> and um, I like ran to her apartment and was like, I need something Hillary. And she was like, I got you. I bought a really cheap blonde wig that I still love and I still wear. And <laughs> uh, like truly like the second or third wig I bought in drag. And I was like, it's still like an iconic Dairy Queen piece is that little blonde wig. I love it. So yes, I would agree. I would agree. Um, what I love so much about your story, because I think this is like such a such an interesting thing, I think, about creative people or performers that a lot of people who aren't creative wouldn't suspect is that like so many times these things that tend to be this this huge part of your journey is an accident. Yeah. It wasn't meant to happen. It was just kind of this thing that snowballed into something that became like usually something wonderful but also could be something very burdening at times but like generally these big breaks are purely just accidents yeah like I genuinely did not know like the form of my comedy would be drag I had no idea that was going to be like my main thing I thought I was going to be like a sketch artist like doing improv the rest of my life and teaching improv and now I have like 
0.00 desire to do improv because I've like found what I love doing, which is comedy through drag. You know, I love it. Yeah. Although I think improv has helped with hosting too. Oh, like I've seen you on a mic and just like, Sometimes you'll see hosts and if something goes away, uh, awry, it's like downhill from there. So I've seen you like handle a crowd or especially like you also host burlesque is more. So it's like those crowds can get a little crazy. Especially they're like, yeah, we're seeing tits and now we're drunk. Right. And I'm like, no, we got to get you in line. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the way I like the way I host is like to make my number one priority is making sure that's like one, that everyone's having a good time, but two, that like the performers, like, feel safe and like they're being respected on stage because like hosting so for those of you listening who don't know i host drag race viewing parties at the annoyance and like we perform in the bar mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts in the bar there are shows going on people getting drinks and like people walking into the noise not knowing it's a drag show so like i train that audience to be like listen you stand here you stand here when a performer comes out you pay attention you give them your money because they're sickening and you're gonna love it and same with with burlesque you know it's like we need to respect the performers because they're incredible. But just because you're seeing a little ti-ti-ta-ta doesn't mean you're going to like go, go like mad. Okay. Like don't do all that. So, and keeping the energy up the entire time. A lot of times it is not like a read. It's just like, I think okay. actually to more people, a lot of times the host is kind of like come out and be like, all right, give it up for your next performer. Um, do re me, you know? And like, it's like, woo, but you gotta like get the crowd back up after that amazing performance it goes down and then you got to bring them back up, you know, because the performances are so high energy with the kind of art that we do um, that it's needed, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I related a lot to like being kind of scared to do like, uh, like stand up or solo performances. I've done a lot of that as far as like character work, but stand up to me and even hosting in a way seems very scary because you're like, okay, what do, oh, what do I say? I'm supposed to make them laugh. And right. it's taken me a few years, especially like coming to Chicago for improv to be like, I'm going to take a class and I'm going to learn how to do this because it's, it is really scary because it's, it's just you. And there's not that people are blaming people, but if you're in a sketch show or you're in a, a bigger show where you're not the main person, you could be like, oh, everyone else had a weird night or it was an ensemble. It's an ensemble, but it's truly all eyes on you. Like so the thing with my stand-up is like when I'm hosting, like I never plan anything. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I feel trapped when I plan stuff. And then also it's kind of a thing where like, oh, I didn't like your jokes. Oh, these aren't even jokes that I wrote. So like, yeah. it's like, you know, you can't blame me. I didn't sit down with a pen and paper and write these out, you know, like I have like points I want to hit, but like truly it's like a train ride from hell to get there um, <laughs> from my brain. Uh, and I take the, I take the audience on a journey with me with that. But like, being on stage alone is a very scary thing, but like one, when you're in drag, you have like a layer of protection for people yeah. to like look at the glitz and the glamour of it all. Um, and two, like when you're doing a performance like burlesque, you know, or like hosting burlesque or whatever, it's a very spectacle piece. So like, honestly, like the words don't matter as much as like the performance um, mm-hmm. you're hosting at least. Cause it's like, you just want to make sure everyone is having a good time and being respectful for the performance, like wanting to like, cause like, I went to a bunch of shows when I first moved to Chicago and I was like, oh, the atmosphere in here is just incredible. You know, like, I just want to like cultivate that space and like be a show that people want to come back to. Because a lot of times, like realistically in the comedy world in Chicago, like you go and you support a friend at a show and like everybody in the crowd is there to support a friend, you know? It's not like a lot of like people coming from the outside. 
my goal is like, I want that person who's coming to support a friend to come back, even if a friend's not in the show, you know, I want to like create such a fun environment that is just like a good time all around. So what inspires me is like making people like think that they're just kind of like walking in to be like, oh, it's another night seeing a comedy show or I'm just like hanging out at a bar or whatever, but being like, no, you're going to want to come back because what we're doing here is like fun and like a good time for everyone involved. I that I had people that came to the show um last fall because they they met me and they knew I did burlesque and then they came to the burlesque show and loved it I was like oh well Derry who hosts like does drag race parties and they're all beautiful gay men um and so (laughs) so it's like you should come to the viewing party sometime and they came with me at one point last fall and now they love you and they go whether I go or not. not not every week but like a lot of the times they're like, yeah. Derry's just so funny. You know, they just, they, they have such uh they have such a positive experience when they go. One of them is the one that won those, like the split competitions. Oh yes. Okay. I know exactly. I, I had a feeling that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I do these like random shit. Like I don't, like I said, I don't really like to plan too much. Like I'm like, if there's a commercial break and I want to get the energy up, I'm like, okay, what do we need right now? Okay. We need to do a like, energy up game we're like okay who can do the biggest stunts in the crowd and like put on some music and see who can do like a cartwheel into a split or whatever and so it's always just something wild because it's always someone who pulls something out where you're like okay you're Simone Biles like what's going on here you know (laughs) people just go nut nut for it it's so fun well that particular person used to do like Cirque du Soleil type stuff so I love it I know it's like you just like seeing this little guy like at the bar in a pair of jeans being like, oh, what's he going to do? Like a somersault. And then it's like a full on like backhand rotation, whatever it's even called. I'm like, this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> when you're upstaging the drag queen, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> oh, we are not upstaging people. <laughs> what has been the most shocking thing you've had either at the drag parties, the, just from the crowd, something like that? I mean, you deal with a lot of drunk people. You deal with a lot of drunk people and like and a lot of drunk performers. <laughs> that's not, that's more rare, but like sometimes you got to like reel people in. But that's like, <laughs> I, what, what's like a good, I mean, okay. Like this wasn't at my party, but I, I did a performance at Berlin, which is a nightclub here in Chicago last summer. And it was the first weekend Berlin was open after COVID. So it was, packed like it was they even like had a open like a planned open and then they shut it down again because there was another spike so then they opened like a month later so everyone was just like waiting outside the door from berlin it's like let us in let us in you know and so it was an art pop night at um at berlin uh which is a gaga album so we all performed songs from the gaga album and it was like shoulder to shoulder in berlin like a tiny little bar but it's always like never super crowded um and the ac was off like they the ac wasn't working and so it was unbelievably hot in there and it was my first time performing like before the pandemic like i didn't really care about my aesthetic i care a little bit now but like my first time performing like in like four layers of tights and a corset and pads and big hair and all this shit right and like i got on stage and it was like buckets of sweat coming off of me and I was also performing in a face mask because that's when we were still performing in face masks like the, oh, the yeah. clear ones in front of your face I have never in my life sweated so much I, I was pink because I was dressed as a pig for the song swine mm-hmm. and it was like dr- pink sweat like was like 
all going on, on. I was wearing like a little bra thing and like nothing up here. And it was just like oozing off of me. So it's like shit like that. Like you never know what you're walking into with a drag show. Like it's just wild. It is just absolutely wild. And so, but everyone had such a good time. It was just like a sweaty, sweaty mess. Like, woo, we're all going to get COVID. Everybody here is like shoulder to <laughs> shoulder. Like keep your masks on, babe, because it is wild in here. It was crazy. Oh my now you also have like a huge presence on tiktok yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> I, my favorite, <laughs> yeah which yeah. i my favorite thing because i uh i have a very troubled relationship with my catholic upbringing yes. and and so <laughs> um and i'm also irish so we have lots in common but yeah. uh what I love to see is how you call out like people who are like, Oh, you're going to hell or like, this yeah. isn't very Christian of you. Like, yeah. you know, kind of satanic panic crazies on there. Yeah. It's my favorite thing when you just it's, fuck around with them. It's just like, I have this like popular character on TikTok that happened because of an accident. It was like this devil character with like a deep voice. <laughs> um, and like it acts like I, I uploaded this video literally my, I think that's my third TikTok. The other two TikToks I put up were like, got like 200 views. And this TikTok in the span of like two days got like 3 million views. And it was just like, it's so stressful. I was like, oh, this, I had, I mean, you, you say it like, and you don't believe it. I genuinely did not think that like more than a thousand people would see this. And so then like from that, I got like a ton of followers, like 50, 60,000 followers. And it's like built from there. But like, with that, because what I do is, one, I'm a drag queen, so that's inherently very queer, and, like, people don't like that. And two, I was dressing up as the devil. People were, like, coming for me, being like, oh, okay, this person right here is actually the spawn of Satan, and we need to ruin their life. And it's funny, because now this is, like, a popular character, and if I post something outside of it on TikTok, it doesn't do as well, which is fine, obviously, whenever I post it, it always does numbers and there's always those little haters that come out, which I think is genuinely, I think it is so funny. Mm -hmm. like, uh, like people commenting, like, like you're going to hell. You'll never see heaven. I'm like, yeah, babe, I fucking know. Like, that's like, that's kind of the point of this, you know, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> if I believed in any of it, like I would think it's, I, I would have a different reaction, but, um, but the thing I love about it is that no one no one comments on me being a drag queen. They just comment on me being like a provocative, like piece of shit. They're like, oh, you're just like, you're a drag. Okay, you, at least you look good. Like if I got a comment being like, oh, you look like shit. I'd be like, okay, close my account, close my account. But it's like <laughs> my, my like content that people have a problem with, which is like provocative, kind of like pushing the boundaries kind of, where I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that, you know? But if people were like, oh, you look terrible and I hate that you are wearing a wig, I'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, end it all. But that's not what people are saying, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so random, like, of people like, this is what you're spending your time doing is going on, like, you're going to hell, like, really? It's fine. I mean, I genuinely, there's never been a hate comment that I have taken to heart. Like, I... I, I actually enjoy it. I think it's very funny. And so if people are just so set in their ways, I'm like, I know I am not going to change your view right. of Christianity, of being the devil quotes um, by TikToks. I'm just not even going to try. So I'm going to have some fun with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Were you upset that uh, 
uh, Trinity was the devil in this, in this All-Star. Yes. Trinity, okay, listen, Trinity the Talk played the devil in All-Star 7. And that was like, I mean, it, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. If I ever get on Drag Race, if I ever put in an audition and I actually get on, that was going to be what I was going to do. I was going to be the devil. Mm-hmm. And now I can't. And like, personally, I know she won, but I did not like her approach with it. Maybe because I'm very, very stuck in my approach of it, but I just didn't like it. So I actually am. I agree with you. I I thought that it was a very predictable angle to take with the devil. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought her Leslie Jordan was very good, but also like a safe choice for her in a lot of ways. I was way more impressed with like Raja and her level of difficulty. He was a puppet. Yeah. and yeah. it takes two very very out of the box characters and did them well yes. so yeah i was definitely i wasn't like mad but i was like oh come on and of course it's like no offense because i know she's listening right now but like <laughs> i she's like the one queen on the season that i'm like i'm not really a fan of everyone else i love right so like of course of all people but whatever it's fine no worries i it's, i i like all the drag queens there's some i like more than others yeah, and there's some who i'm like i it's not my it's not my drag like trinity's one of them but i can see why people like her the only Ooh. drag queen i refuse people to like if you say it's your favorite i will judge you is Derek barry so oh, i i mean Derek barry is never gonna be my favorite i love Derek barry solely because she stirs the pot like you wouldn't believe <laughs> I love that about her. Yeah, for drama, here we are. But if you yes. ask my favorite drag queen because of drag is Eric Berry, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to meet outside and talk about that. That's a problem. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I do, I want to get back a little bit to your shows. Um, because while we're talking about other queens, one thing I do really appreciate because you know, when you when obviously Marie and I are both big fans of drag race and drag in general. But when we watch, you know, interviews with other drag queens, they're usually telling like younger queens to like, don't do it. Like, don't invest your time in it. Um, like it's oversaturated, da, 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 da. Um, and not only that, but I feel like they also are like, but, but go support your local queens because they deserve it. And I do love how, especially at these viewing parties, you make sure Mm -hmm. to showcase these young queens and that they get their opportunity to get their reps in and like have an opportunity to get their spotlight and just like get their feet wet. And I just think that's so admirable. Um, so I guess in a way what I'm asking is like, cause obviously, you know, someone like Bianca Del Rio, who is great, but isn't necessarily going to change the course for someone who's determined to be a drag queen at the age of 16. Right. No. So like, I guess what I'm curious for you is like, you know, what your intention is for that or like do you is it like an empathy is it compassion um is it just like uh, you're gonna do it anyway let me help you <laughs> yeah no it's it's wild because the annoyance where i host my show is i think the only place in chicago that like is actively doing drag shows that allow 21 and under performers mm-hmm. uh, because um it's a comedy bar it's a comedy theater So it's like, they don't, there's no cap on, they check IDs at the door and like for people who haven't been there before and like things like that. So they, they know not to serve people. Like they put an X on people's hand if they can't serve them. So, I mean, I intentionally try to have 
one, excuse me, one 21 and under performer at every viewing party I do because I want to give them the opportunity, you know, like I, I, I agree to an extent. I mean, let me, let me say this. I think anybody and everybody should try drag, you know, like I'm very pro that, but if you, but you, cause so you need the opportunity to try it. So I'm willing to do, to give those opportunities for people to try it. But and if it makes you happy, it makes you happy. Right. And I, I'm not saying I agree with some of the older Queens being like, no new drag Queens, you know, whatever. But like, I think people need to understand that drag is an extremely time consuming and expensive sport and activity so as gratifying as, as it can be i i want any anybody listening to this that's like thinking about doing drag 18 19 40 whatever 25 31 all the numbers like know that it is extremely gratifying but it is extremely challenging and it, it, it seems like it's not because it's just like dancing on stage or whatever but like the confidence and self-confidence you need to get out there and do it is wow just like burlesque you know Mm-hmm. a lot of self-confidence it's very expensive um and it's hard to break into like the world of it because there aren't a lot of opportunities so mm-hmm. it's challenging for me because there are a ton of 18 and or 18 to 21 as I try not to book younger than 18 just for the sake of being like a bar environment but like um I I, I want to give people as many opportunities as possible but because there's so many like at the beginning of each season for when I do viewing parties, I put on my Instagram and I'm like, who's interested? And it's always like over 50 people. And I just don't have the opportunities for that. So I try to not actively not rebook somebody really ever because I want to give as many people's opportunities as possible. There are a couple exceptions for like drag Kings who don't get as many opportunities as Queens or like performers of color or people that like won't get as many opportunities unless the opportunities are like um, they're presented to them because I want to see them succeed. Um, so it is an active choice to like get these younger performers in and giving them opportunity. Um, and hopefully from there, like people, they get the chance to post on their social media and people come to the shows and they, people see them more to like, cause there are a couple Queens right now that are under 21 that are performing the annoyance that I'm like, holy shit when you turn in 21 it is over for the scene like you are gonna be something and that's like incredible like i just i just can't wait for them to take the city by storm um so like people know them now because they're getting booked at things like my show and a couple other opportunities and like really going hard online so it's exciting like it's exciting like there's me and there's another there's a drag king sorry a drag king named luke on me and like Mm-hmm. Uh, who is incredible and they ran they do a lot of things for younger performers and new performers as well and like me and luke kind of joke around that we're like the mom and dad of like chicago drag right now because it's like we're giving so many opportunities to like younger performers and like performers who are just trying out um and i love it i love it like why not you know like uh-huh. i don't need to see the same girl who twirls five nights a week at an annoyance viewing party like give someone else a chance you know like it's mm-hmm. fun no i think that's I think that's wonderful. Um, and I also want to, while we are talking about Chicago Queens, I want to know, like, for you, like, one who's either, like, who's, like, in the, who's the moment for you right now? <laughs> and, like, <laughs> who's the moment? Um, but, like, who also, like, do you find inspiring or, like, you know, who are your um, role models, I guess? Yeah. Which don't necessarily have to be Chicago Queens, but I'm sure yeah. that there are a few. 
No, for sure. I mean, I am obsessed with Chicago drag. Like it, I, I just tweeted about this, but I just had a video go viral of a performance I did. And my favorite part about it was like, was this Roz? So, yeah, I did Roz from Monsters it's Inc. And so good. Like, oh, God. <laughs> and but my favorite thing about it was like everybody retweeting it and quote tweeting it and like putting on their stories saying like, I love Chicago drag, you know? So like being like someone who represents Chicago, Chicago drag is so inspiring to me. Like the best queens in the world to me that aren't like Rue girls or like Dragula queens are real famous are in Chicago. Like my, the collective of mom jeans, is like three of my favorite queens, Kayla Kardashian, a regular girl, Chanel Mercedes Benz. Um, my gag sisters, I host a show at Berlin called Gag, like, uh, neutral Gina, Arigato, two of my favorite performers are incredible. Pastiche, um, uh, Rachel Slur Stool. All like, I'm very lucky that like my inspirations for drag are like around me. You know, like they're my friends. I, I just think it's really cool. And there's so much good drag here. Like you can see any kind of drag here. You can see spooky drag, pageant drag, like glamour girls dancing girl like drag kings drag anything in between i just i love it and people that are like up and coming that are the moment the moment <laughs> there are like there's a queen called uh oh my gosh i hope i get this right she's gonna kill me if i get it wrong iliana diana uh she's under 21 and she's phenomenal um she's also like a dancing queen who looks stunning um sangria wine she won a pack <laughs> that i hosted at the annoyance she's incredible um a drag queen named Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. I love her. Them. <laughs> Incredible. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of people. Like, it, like, we're not short of talent here. And I just really, like, love seeing who's up and coming and just, like, around the corner, like, being goofy and fun, fun and, like, turning the party. Mm. I think what's really good about Chicago in general and the art scene is versus like maybe in LA or New York, you have a more chance to try new things and yes. fail and then learn from it versus like, oh, that was your one opportunity. And now you like, will you get another one? Who knows? So it's like really cool to see people like you came here to do improv. Like I yeah. definitely relate to that because I came here to do improv. And then like we actually uh, recorded a podcast with uh, my parents uh, the other day and was like, my dad's like, do you, do you still do improv? I'm like, yeah, dad, I also teach it because I'm doing other things that he like right. never imagined us or me doing. So it's right. really cool to like find that community. I think that's the big thing that is like a good takeaway from this is what is community and what it means to us kind of thing. Yeah. And I really think both the, co- being both in the comedy and the drag scene, like, and I, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I, I really don't think I'm lying when I say this. There are no other communities in like the U.S. that are so tight knit. Like mm-hmm. you could not go like a perfect example is when Denali was on Drag Race, right? She filmed that Chicago Drag Excellence video with like 40 of like, like Chicago's like top queening performers, you know, right. and, like, you couldn't do that kind of video in like New York or LA, like a big scene. Cause there's just like so many different elements to it. So spread apart. And like Chicago, I mean, you can do it in like smaller cities, but Chicago is such a big fucking city. Mm-hmm. And like, we are like ride or die for each other. Like even like the girls that don't get along, like if someone's talking shit about them, like 
on from another city it's like we're gonna attack you on twitter and like we're gonna make sure that you don't do that again it's crazy i mean the, the performers here are crazy in the head but like they're <laughs> they're very strong when it comes to community like we support each other we make memes of each other we like uh get each other books we like sometimes when you go to a drag show the only people in the crowd are other drag performers because it's just like we want to be there for our community you know and it's the same thing with the comedy scene like i i haven't really been as part of it since the pandemic but like before the pandemic like sure there were like pockets of it in like home bars or whatever home studios or theaters but everyone is just it's so tight you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so do you feel that like with with dairy queen versus dairy the person yes. uh is there a big boundary between those two or do you think it's pretty much you just in drag yeah I, I mean some people have like this big character and like this big ego and whatever and I'm like I'm exactly the same in and out of drag I think like I I think I could like get up and do stand up out of drag and it'd be fine but I would never be as comfortable I think as when I'm in drag um but there really isn't a major difference you know like I I talk exactly the same. I don't really give a shit about what I look like in and out of drag. So like, that's the same. <laughs> uh, like I like, I'm a ride or die for my friends in and out of drag, you know? So it's all pretty much the same. Do you have any like performing or drag goals like in the next few years or mm -hmm. is it just, Hey, let's see what happens. I'm very like that. Like I, I want to continue growing my, TikTok base. Um, I've been kind of taking some breaks from it because I've been performing in person a lot. There's a lot to do both. Um, I want to be more organized. Like my roommate Lily is moving out of our apartment in October and it's a two bedroom and I'm taking over the apartment by myself and turning her room into my drag room. Nice. Which I'm so excited about. Like so, so excited about. So I'm, I just want to be more organized. And I feel like with that will come more inspiration and come more like, um, you know, like willingness to, to grow. But like, I'm very happy with where I am right now. Like, I just, I just want to keep it going and like, like have other people like respect and like my art and like also continue producing and hosting good shows that people like going to and giving opportunities to like other performers. That's what I really love doing. I love like, if I could only be like, a producer for the rest of my life like I'd be very happy to do that like I love producing so I mean people need producers especially as being a producer of, of shows and stuff like that organization skill is needed because it's so like, hard how do, you, how do you put a show together and then they drop out from that <laughs> yeah it's very very hard but it's very rewarding when it's like a very successful show and every, the audience and the performers and the theater is all happy you're like oh you're welcome I did that you know well, it's so interesting, too, because I feel like I know for me, like doing burlesque, like I think there's this idea that's very similar to drag that it's like this sort of like low brow entertainment because, um, you know, it, it doesn't pride itself on being something that you have to pay a huge price to get through the door. Yeah. And like they're often in smaller establishments, um, even though the amount of time, effort and work is pretty much the same for a scripted show, like yeah. full, full, fully. Um, oh fully uh <laughs> but um the thing is is i get i was doing the burlesque show like i got so much feedback about how much it meant to people even if we were just on there like you know like 
touching each other with scarves. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it means so much to people to see the representation and also to see like people uncomfortable in their bodies. And even if you are just up there talking about like, I, you know, I was talking about being a shark with a, like a God complex, like, you know, like <laughs> it, and it, I, I imagine with drag, especially because everything going on in the world around us is constantly against what we're trying to do I think a lot of the times being queer um like it means so much to people yeah and I just it it's it matters I guess is what I'm saying I just think it's really important that those spaces continue to exist and everything you're doing is very you know applaud worthy yeah it's hard because it's very like sometimes you get bogged down with like the political aspects of the scene and like who likes who and who's booking who and I didn't get that show and I try not to think like that but it's hard to sometimes not to think like that and so like taking a step back and like really taking what you just said Julie like that's like it's very nice to hear you know it's like yeah entertainment is important you know it's like um people feel represented like it's fun people have a good time but then again it's like they they're going and like, like experiencing something like a release, you know, which is nice. Yeah. Just, I just think people need now more than ever, really people yeah. need that so much. Um, so I think you should just keep doing what you're doing. I'll do it just for you. <laughs> I think this is a good segue yes. into our whimsical questions. These are, some will have to do with what we talk about. Most won't. And that's just silly questions. <laughs> Um, don't put too much thought into it. Uh, if the conversation starts from it, great. So, uh, want to go first? Um, no. <laughs> okay, great. I'll <laughs> um, I asked this question cause I'm obsessed with heist movies. Um, so, but it will be, uh, cater to you. So if you and four other drag queens, whether they're drag queens, you know, or, uh, brew girls or ones you could go on a heist what would the heist be and who would those four drag queens be with you and you're all in drag so keep that in mind too all in drag yeah Mm -hmm. okay that changes everything yeah of Um, course um, yes (laughs) oh my god i mean i think if there would be a way to like rob some kind of wig outlet like I would 100% do that because wigs are hella expensive mm-hmm. and who would I want? I want I want people who are good with hair so like I would do like Camilla Fox who's an amazing drag artist here in Chicago I have her on my team she's also like a badass bitch so I want her on my team Arigato because she's very flexible she can go through some lasers <laughs> um yeah, lasers in the wig store you know um <laughs> who else um i think i have like my bestie neutral gina there with me to keep us entertained and <laughs> last but not least i think i would like have someone with a lot of money who would i have with a lot of money like hmm who's like a drag queen with a lot of money like katia i'm sure she's fucking loaded right i don't think she would tell you that but yeah. i think that's the case <laughs> And also, she needs better wigs, so it's perfect. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I wonder, besides Drew, who's the most, who has, like, net worth is of Rue Girls. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, I think probably Trixie. She's probably the most. That's who I would say. I was going to go with Shangela, but Trixie might, yeah. Well, Trixie would... has the, the beauty line. Now she's, like, a motel. She has the music. I think Trixie's definitely the most, uh, like, most, like, affluence. I think 
Top five are probably Trixie, Kimchi, Alaska, Katya, and Bianca. Bad I guess. That's a good list. I just pulled that out of my ass. That seems very real. That seems about right. I would, I would, I, yeah. Maybe not Kim. Maybe not Kim, but um, I think Kim would definitely be up there, like top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to give you another question. So in this scenario, you are Jesus. Okay. Um, and you, it's, it's your last night. Um, so what, if you had to choose your last supper, oh. uh, what would that be? Oh my God. I... I think, I mean, I, God, this is very hard. I love, love chicken fried rice with a lot of soy sauce. I love, love soy sauce. So that would definitely be like my side. Mm -hmm. Possibly like, maybe like, fuck, this is really hard. Like bomb orange chicken, like nothing like really bad, like good orange chicken for my drink. I would probably do, I gotta get a thing in there. I probably would do like, like a good iced tea, um, sweetens, and as like a side, like a bag. It doesn't go with it, but I just need like a, some kind of bag of chips in there because I love, <laughs> I love chips so much. So I think that'd be my answer. I love okay. that. All right. Thank you. I uh, think this would agree. I looked it up. Uh, uh, according to several articles, Chipsy is worth the most. Yeah. Uh, uh, I- then several articles said ten million dollars. So Effects. yeah, and Bianca is on there as well. Yeah, um, knew that. That makes sense too. There's other people that I don't want to n- name their names because I I couldn't verify, but we were right on those two at least. I love a factual queen. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I uh, you know those like little like memes that like the friend who has the facts and or he can't find someone. Yeah, I'm I, a friend. I love that. One hundred percent. Um, if you had a, a, a day off, you went to the beach and you just can lay, you know, you're laying at the beach. What book would you bring to the beach? I don't read. I, I am a literate. <laughs> I do not read. I am not a reader. I may be an audiobook, but I, <laughs> I, I don't read for fun. I'm sorry to say I don't read for fun. I mean, the last book I read, I went on vacation. I read Little Fires Everywhere mm-hmm. like two years ago-ish and before the pandemic. That was good, but genuinely, that is the last book I read. So I would rather take a damn nap, okay? And what would <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I'm not. I I don't read for fun. Um, <laughs> I audiobooks are fine, but yeah. Um, Derry, just a just a preemptive question: Have you been watching Stranger Things? Yes, but I'm not all the way done. I'm on like episode four of the new season. Okay. So I see. I, I, are you, is it going to be about the song? Yeah. Yes, I've seen that episode. So okay. So what would be your Vecna saving song? Okay. Thank you for saying this. This is a very important question. <laughs> I think that I get. I I sometimes get some shit for this, but I think that Venus by Lady Gaga is the perfect song. <laughs> it is perfect. It is campy. It is funny. It's high energy. I listen to it a lot before I perform to like get my energy up. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's just fun. I love it. I love it. I mean, if it emits joy, that's what it's about. Exactly. And that would get me like, I don't know spoilers, but like it took her a second to get out of there. I'd be like, okay, see ya. And I'd like run. Like I would be right out of there. <laughs> Fair enough. Can't <laughs> argue. 
I don't watch the show, but I know this is a thing and I know the song is a thing because it's literally everywhere. Yes. And good good for that song. It needs a little resurgence. I love that. Good for the song. Kate Bush is not mad. She is not, not, mad. not mad. She's making so much money off this song. Good honor. <laughs> uh, what has been of your characters that you've done as far as like your drag, maybe more costume of your drag costumes? Yeah. What is like your top three drag costumes you've ever had? So hard. Well, I mean... I love dressing up as people. Like I love dressing up as characters, like kind of cosplay-y, but not really, because I don't take it like to an extreme. So I just did Roz for Monsters Inc. And I, I, I'm obsessed with how it turned out. It, it was a costume I borrowed from a friend who did Jabba the Hutt. And I was like, can I borrow that? And they were like, what could you possibly be doing that's not Jabba the Hutt? I will not give it to you if you're doing Jabba the Hutt. And I was like, Roz for Monsters Inc. And they were like, God damn it. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you can absolutely borrow it. I was like, yes. And I rented it from them. That was definitely a favorite. I did Plankton from SpongeBob and I had a rolling Karen with me, Karen the computer that like moved, like the iPad, like taught. It was very advanced. And then also it's significant to me because it was the first time I worked with my like best friend, Dylan Ragasa, who's a very talented designer. Um, my first time like working with him like professionally and it was just perfect um so that was very fun i love that um what's like another out of the box one what have i done um like i mean i guess like doing like the devil character like has turned my drag completely upside down because like now i'm more of like kind of like emo-ish like I really like like mullets and like crosses and like like kind of like black and red and like things like that which I never really was into before but I kind of am obsessed with it now mm -hmm. so that's really inspired my drag so that's gonna count as the third one and you can't argue with me on that <laughs> <laughs> hey you know get your popularity get your drag I like it <laughs> yeah get my absolute coin by the way <laughs> yes also get that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is uh, one I've not asked anybody, but it's one of my favorite questions because my answer is really stupid. But um, if you were to look into the mirror from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you would see? Uh, well, what was your answer? So inspire me. Um, <laughs> so when someone asked me this, my first question answer my first thought which i'm a little embarrassed but also very proud of is i would want to see that rick moranis is okay um and doing well <laughs> is he not i mean i just we don't know he's he's you know he's supposed to be coming back for this resurgence of um honey i shrunk the kids which is supposed to be like a reboot okay. with uh josh gad as his son and he's like playing the grandpa now which okay. i think is going to be beautiful um <laughs> but like i've kind of always had this weird obsession with rick moranis um <laughs> so but i often think like i think about him sometimes just being like i wonder if he's okay i wonder how he's doing and yeah, so yeah. that to me was my first answer good one what would i what would i pick i think i would pick okay i've talked a lot about lady gaga it's whatever i'm just kind of obsessed with her i think i would peek in on her there is like there's some rumors that she's gonna be in like a a superhero movie i think uh, i heard that as well yes and we don't know what it's going to be. So I would like kind of spy on her a little bit and see what the tea is. 
and then I probably would leak it to make a lot of money. But that's just me. But I, I want to know personally, and I want to know for my my purse as well. <laughs> I like that. Thanks. <laughs> On Thanks. that note, do you have anything that you want to add or plug or anything? Oh my gosh, well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. Um, I love you both. Um, I whenever there's drag race on I'm hosting viewing parties at the annoyance it's a lot of fun we give away a lot of free drinks it is 18 plus so if you're under 21 you can come uh with live drag after the episode um I host and I produce a show called gag at Berlin which we talked about earlier which is a comedy drag show um every third Monday at Berlin nightclub 21 and over um possibly I have a special thing coming out at the hideout soon. I can't talk about it yet. So be on the lookout for that. Just follow me on social media and you'll see all my tea at Dairy Queen Haha on social media. Um, and I host Burlesque is More, which is coming back um, in a couple months at The Annoyance. One of, I, I love that show. It's like one of my favorite things to do is host that show. So um, yeah. <laughs> talented, talented, talented people that are in it. Um, and I just get to, walk on stage and make some jokes uh, while people are changing backstage. And it is incredible. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, to be honest, probably my favorite show in the city. Like, I love it. So yeah, it just, I'm not just saying that because y'all are part of the cast or former members of the cast or whatever, but like, I genuinely love it. So other than that, you're going to see me bopping around the city. It's, I'm always around. So <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been enlightening. Um, I feel better having talked to you and listened to you. I feel like my life has changed. Oh, you better stop. Probably for the worse. No. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Of course. It was so much fun. It was good to talk to y'all. Derry is a Chicago-based drag queen and comedian. You can find him performing around the city or lurking around a street corner. Dairy Queen is very active on the socials, and you can find them at Dairy Queen Haha on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. You know them all. You can also follow Sparks of Madness on Instagram at Sparks of Madness Podcast. Sparks of Madness is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Um, cool. Well, thanks um, for being you. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah. This you got to do the beginning and the Oh episode. my God. Duh. <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're wrapping up, right? That's no, what we're doing. It's okay. We did, we've done two of these in like <laughs> 36 hours. So. Mm-hmm.